Welcome to the Startup of Human Potential. We're your co-hosts. I'm Clifton. And I'm Victoria. And we are Faces of the Future, which is a venture studio focused on consciousness, identity expansion, and personal well-being. So in today's episode, we're going to drop in and get to know Clifton a little bit better. What was his journey like before he became a quantumpreneur? And what inspired him to do the work that he's doing right now at Faces of the Future and on this podcast. So Clifton, thank you so much for for joining us today. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, Clifton is an incredible co-founder and partner of mine. We've been working on this business together for about three years, creating incredible breakthroughs, both in our own lives and in the lives of our clients and all the collaborators. And Clifton, you're such a joy and a pleasure to work with. And I'm so grateful that you're here today and that we're doing this podcast and that the audience can get to know you a little bit better. Well, so. well thank you for allowing me to be the focus of, of this episode. And <laughs> if uh, I think you're the person who knows me the most, and perhaps <laughs> even more than I do. So Clifton is a double Leo, so he does love to be the focus. So I'm grateful that this uh, episode is the opportunity to to get to know him. Yes, my Leo side is certainly, <laughs> uh, normally I walk around a little bit more subdued, but right now you can absolutely activate my double Leo. <laughs> cool. So Clifton, I'd love to for you to share a bit about your story of who you were before you became a quantumpreneur. And for those of you just tuning in for the first time, a quantumpreneur is a quantum entrepreneur. So quantumpreneurs are self-driven change makers. We're here to steward the evolution of consciousness through being this space business, which is a, a business built as a natural byproduct of who you are and your lane and zone of genius, following your unique blueprint for joy. And quantumpreneurs embrace a quantum view of reality to create a maximum impact from that place of joy. So Clifton, thanks for joining us. And yeah, so who were you before you became this quantumpreneur that we know today? Yeah, thank you. I, I believe that it was more, um, I've always been a quantumpreneur. There just wasn't <laughs> a, a name for it that, that could... <laughs> that I could identify with. You know, I was one of those children who would just sit in a room and do the biggest puzzles he could. You know, I remember having, you know, a, a 5,000 piece connects set that I would spend, you know, five days basically locked in my room putting together. I always loved puzzles. I always loved um, business. I grew up in a family that had a lot of, um, family businesses mm -hmm. going on. And so you, when you combine those two, it, it just creates a lot of passion for how to put things together, how mm -hmm. to build things. Yeah. And didn't your kindergarten teacher um, get upset with you when you took out four puzzles at the same time and she said you had to put them all together? Yeah, that was pre that, that was preschool, and oh, preschool. the the puzzles were too easy for me, so I, I mixed them all together. And um, the teacher wouldn't let me let my mom pick me up until I finished them all. She wouldn't let me go because otherwise it would take her like thirty minutes. So there was definitely some aspect of you know zone of genius maybe with puzzles. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I 
moved into entrepreneurship, you know, I, I started off as, as an external auditor, as a CPA for Deloitte. And mm -hmm. um, up until that point had really um, been sort of at the top of the academic scene of things. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I moved over to the people side of things uh, in entrepreneurship and the street smarts, mm -hmm. that's when I realized that, um, you know, I, I, I had a lot more to, to learn than just what's in the book. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, one of the things that that involved was understanding people, mm -hmm. you know, as someone who loves puzzles or spreadsheets, um, mm. you know, one plus one is two, but um, a, a, a CFO and a CMO don't necessarily equal a successful you know, C-suite. There, there's lots of other dynamics when what? it comes to- There's interpersonal dynamics with people? Yeah, I bite my <laughs> tongue on, on that one because um, Victoria definitely knows my own journey and in, in understanding um, what I call well, humans, but just <laughs> us <laughs> and how, um, yeah, those dynamics are, are so important and they, they certainly influence and impact business and life. Mm. So I was definitely that sort of book smart, kind of a little too smart for my own good in specific subjects or mm -hmm. specific areas. Um, but then through my own entrepreneurial endeavors, realized that that interpersonal dynamic was something that um, I lacked. And, and what was nice was I, I, I am a high performer. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I definitely have been one of those people who've read over a hundred books, underlined them, wrote mm -hmm. notes, wrote summaries. We've seen your binders. Yeah. Yeah. I have binders. <laughs> notes of, yeah. Uh, little type A. Of books. <laughs> you know, little type A, you know, I'm an MBA from, from Columbia University and, you know, those are my people, right? Those, yeah. those type A Ivy League uh, grad, grad students. But I also felt like I was um, wanting more. Mm -hmm. that there was more to life than just business school mm -hmm. and numbers and and certainly people was that that element but also there was um an aspect of health that that played a, a key role mm -hmm. in my awakening and tr and um transformation into what eventually became me being a quantum entrepreneur mm -hmm. now when you say awakening so you're a high performer uh what did you awaken to yeah. So for example, a uh, high performer, I, I worked at a, a I was a co-founder of a, of a startup that went from two people to 49 people in six mm -hmm. months. The type of high performer who always works Saturday and ha has been working Saturdays as just the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love what I do. I always put myself into mm -hmm. what I do um, and always uh, created goals that would always put me as a high performer. Mm -hmm. um, so what was your so you were a high performer and you are a high performer mm -hmm. right so what did you awaken to oh well one one aspect um like i said was the interpersonal dynamic mm -hmm. the aspect that people you know you can solve for equations on excel but you can't solve for people on excel yeah um and so that just led me towards researching because that's kind of what what, mm -hmm. you, what I did as like a brain oriented person mm. to research this idea of leadership charisma mm -hmm. and that really created a context around exploring emotional intelligence mm. um, which at that point I had somewhat dismissed as being um, insignificant or non-existent yes for those of you who don't know clifton and i met in 2016 and um i 
who he is now and who he was then. Back then, I saw him as what I would call a finance bro in New York. And he didn't have that emotional intelligence, that emotional EQ that he's referring to at that time. And this whole, it's been a beautiful journey being on this, you know, journey of transformation with you, developing those other aspects of your, your beingness, that emotional intelligence and heart intelligence, right? Yeah, ultimately it's heart intelligence. But first I want to have a shout out to my finance bros, my frat guys, <laughs> you know, the people who, you know, root for sports teams on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, I love finance bros too. You know, I grew up as a <laughs> no you know, shade there. USC, you know, Trojan, <laughs> Trojan, um, love football. And in my awakening process, I, I had gone through a phase of rejecting those aspects of me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that I can confidently say is, is that embracing emotions doesn't mean I have to reject those aspects. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, just allows me to have greater appreciation mm-hmm. for those more masculine broy type things. Mm-hmm. But I can also interact in a more sensitive, mm-hmm. more sophisticated way. Yeah. Got it. So sounds like the story of a high performer, as you said, very left brain dominant, very, you know, puzzle and solution oriented. And like, then after this awakening of emotional intelligence, heart intelligence, how did you change how you operated? Well, it was, it was I, I resisted it, uh, is the, the, the quick answer. <laughs> you know, for, for a majority of my life, even until my, my 20s, I thought that um, when people said I felt my heart or my, my heart hurts, um, I thought that was a figure of speech. Mm. Um, I thought that just was a, a colloquialism. I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't realize that it was actually physically a sensation mm-hmm. that you could feel. And so mm-hmm. the first time I, I felt my heart, wow. um, you can imagine I, I was both slightly freaked out, but then also uh, <laughs> misinterpreted the situation because it was on a date with, with someone or a dinner with someone, I should say. And so a lot of those social cues I was missing because I was completely uh, tuned tuned away from emotions and analyzing everything from a logical perspective. And Victoria you know, could definitely share her primary experience of, <laughs> how I was very much by the book uh, approaching attraction and, and dating at that time. She was time. a very methodical uh, quarter, we'll say, very methodical uh, courtsmanship. <laughs> yeah, I was the kind of person who had, uh, you know, 10 different sort you know, dating apps and I had, you know, optimized the algorithm for what to say <laughs> when and, you know, you could almost treat me like a chat bot, you know, back in the day because <laughs> I would copy and paste from a note that I had of, Say this, say that, say this, say that. Yeah, it was very evident. <laughs> to her, you know, to me, I thought it worked for a lot of, you know, it, it, it was successful. It wasn't successful with Victoria, but mm. um, uh, ultimately that transformation came through, you know, e- either joy or through heartbreak mm-hmm. was how I transformed to embrace my emotions. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the bigger ones was um, dating a previous girlfriend who, um, through that breakup, um, my mind and my logic couldn't comprehend what had happened or why mm-hmm. it had happened. And so that was one major moment of, uh, of my life where I went through an awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where I was going through a grieving process without recognizing what grief was or what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Um, Another aspect revolved around, you know, a family crisis and um, dealing with, with trauma and shock and fear, um, but always being brought up to embrace, you know, and step in and and be a man and not show any vulnerability. Um, And ultimately, leading towards what one might consider like a, a momentary, you know, mental breakdown, mm-hmm. you know, uh, finally the, the pressure built up so much that um, I let go with, with, with crying. Um, and then there were a few other moments of awakening, but ultimately what I was doing was resisting this idea of emotions and tuning into my emotions to help me navigate mm-hmm. how I make decisions. Mm. And and the corporate world or the business world always talks about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just some other, you know, kind of certification you like get. Merit badge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like a Six yeah. Sigma certification. Oh, go get your emotional okay, high performer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately what I what I went through really demonstrated that there's a whole different way to operate, a whole mm. different way to make decisions. Yeah. And it was fairly self-evident in my life that I hadn't been fully in alignment with who I was. Mm-hmm. I always have a deep connection with spirituality, raised Christian and, and reading the Bible and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. always had a deep connection. And, you know, I would read like Psalms and, and start crying and I would journal. Um, <laughs> but only, you know, in the corner by myself, you know, on a park bench. Um, and wouldn't show it, you know, and I just thought that that kind of emotion was relegated to just the the spiritual context or the religious context. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that you can integrate that in your day to day because I built an identity and and a life all around just mental prowess. Mm. You know, no one, no one's going to an external auditor and asking them, you know, how do you feel? you know, about these numbers? Mm -hmm. It's more like, what do you think? What, what, what is, what is the answer? What is the logic? Mm-hmm. So, so Clifton, since um, activating those other parts of you, what do you have access to that propels your decisions now that it isn't, I guess, an improvement or an upgrade from how you used to operate before? Uh, I was a jerk. <laughs> I was, I was very blunt. Um, I lacked interpersonal skills. I would be that kind of Machiavellian type of person Uh unknowingly, right? Um, And at a certain point, you know, being naive to something isn't isn't a justification for Mm -hmm. continuing to act that way. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, in business school, I got into a debate with someone and, and I made her cry. You know, over some sort of business, business, business case. I'm like, this is a pretty cut and dry thing. Why are you Mm -hmm. crying? And um, I just didn't know how or why. Mm -hmm. You know, certain interactions went a certain way, Mm -hmm. and because I was so logic based, I wasn't tuned into the receptivity of feedback Mm -hmm. from from people, especially how they felt or conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. Where I am now is is leaps and bounds in a different way of how I operate. I'll say. Um, you know, I did go through a, a temporary tr- tr- period where I rejected a lot of my left brain prowess and, and mm-hmm. intelligence and mm-hmm. um, went through almost that rejection of being um, a, a, a 
a, a logical, intelligent person mm-hmm. to just let me just try being right brained or just use my my heart mm-hmm. to make decisions. So it's like an overcorrection all the way to the other side of the spectrum. If you have like super brain oriented decision making to just following your heart and like wow. Yeah, or or trying to figure out what following your heart meant, right? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. imagine, you, you know, my left brain is like my left bicep and it's bulging. And then my mm-hmm. right brain is my heart intelligence and it's atrophied, you know, and I'm <laughs> like, let me let me just try lifting those weights. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I really bring to to the table is the acceptance and importance of maintaining all the the hard work and the efforts of what society has developed in in creating left brain dominant people or high mm-hmm. performers rather than you know completely rejecting it and and being in a state of um unrestricted exploration of just emotions mm-hmm. um i or really spirituality for that matter yes i i bring that that centered grounded practical mm-hmm. um masculine but sensitive to emotions Mm -hmm. but also not um enabling excessive um logical appeals or emotional appeals Mm -hmm. for people to um resist their transformation Mm. um so it's really been stepping into a a loving heart centered space of Mm -hmm. for me in this particular aspect what it means to become a, a more conscious man Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that translates to, to the work I, I, I do with, with our clients mm. because there is a transformation. There is a sensitivity mm-hmm. to embracing heart intelligence. And at the same time, mm-hmm. you are building something, you're creating something as an, an entrepreneur, as a quantumpreneur. Mm-hmm. And so you will be facing certain tensions or limiting beliefs or resistances. Mm-hmm. So how to approach that and, embrace the linear aspect and mm-hmm. the masculine aspect of creation mm. very nice so you show up in a very balanced way i i, I what do it sounds my like best now. too yeah oh absolutely <laughs> when you compare myself to my 25 year old self or my 30 year old self um i i i look at that uh that version of myself and, and i just want to love it i just want to hug it and say everything's okay you know, tune into your heart, cry. It's okay if people see you cry. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be emotional. And in fact, your emotions can be one of your greatest uh, decision-making tools to mm-hmm. tune into. Mm-hmm. And so everything that I do at Faces of the Future really helps contextualize from a, a logical perspective mm-hmm. what it means to explore the infinite or the unknown or the emotional side. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes, thank thank you. And is there anything else you, you'd like to share with us tuning in today? That what we've done with with our with our, our clients and our program and, and what we do at Faces of the Future is an encapsulation of an applied practical approach to embracing topics and ways of of being that can be uncentering un- unbalanced or lead towards a lack of sovereignty a lack of discipline 
And we've actually been able to create a process that empowers those almost type A people or those high performers, Mm -hmm. people who are committed um, to be able to open up and be a little more authentic and vulnerable Mm -hmm. to these aspects of how to make decisions while also continuing to move forward and embrace all of their strengths that they've developed over their, you know, their lifetime, their decades of contributing and, and dedicating linear ways of being. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether you're a scientist or a numbers person, or even now in marketing, there's always some aspect of, uh, of numbers, of a quantitative side, of a logical side. If you find yourself being that high performer, there is some format that you probably went through that is a quantitative approach towards improving yourself. And what we're providing is a qualitative aspect to integrate into that quantitative side of how you operate. So everything we have is backed with the best science that we can find is backed with observation of what works for you and what works for others. Mm -hmm. And it's a very grounded approach to how to open up to some concepts and ways of being that could be fairly open-ended and, Mm -hmm. um, we call it a titrated surrender. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's like an IV drip of surrender, right? Um, but ultimately, the heart intelligence that I continue to develop is similar to, uh, a, a, in a way, similar to the way that I developed my mathematical ability, you know, mm-hmm. and recognizing that, hey, you know, I might be really strong on the analytical side of things, but. Mm-hmm. My heart intelligence, my right brain is 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 not necessarily as developed. Mm-hmm. And so if you who are listening to this are a high performer who, who might be a little more analytical, who's looking mm-hmm. to uh, embrace more emotional intelligence, more heart intelligence, uh, the one thing that I, I would say to you is to just have, have compassion towards yourself. Show compassion because you probably have been growing up in in a system uh, and a society that values high performers and to recognize that it's okay if you're not a high performer in this area mm-hmm. we can really help you develop that skill in mm-hmm. a, a rapid quantum speed awesome Thank you guys so much for tuning in and and joining us, uh, talking to Clifton Smith. Our our faces of the future, our uh, Instagram is FOTF.io. And Clifton, where can people personally find you if they want to connect with you? Yes, I'm on LinkedIn as as every (laughs) good. Clifton loves LinkedIn. Every good high performer (laughs) um, and faces of the future. So those would be the two primary places to to find me and then of course my my personal instagram is the clifton smith that's the clifton smith and, and my twitter <laughs> is the same the clifton smith i i jumped on the personal branding bandwagon a long time ago uh-huh. when i was that kind of finance bro person you met <laughs> uh, many years ago so um, some things change some things don't they just <laughs> some get, things stay the they, same <laughs> some, they just evolve and get get more sophisticated that's right yeah. And our, our website is facesofthefuture.io. And 
Instagram, FOTF.io. And Clifton is the Clifton Smith on Instagram and Clifton Smith on LinkedIn. Yes. Awesome. With one F. One F. Yes. So thank you so much for having me and, and help helping me express a bit about who I am and my journey to become a quantumpreneur, who I was before, some yeah. of the aspects <laughs> that I faced in that transformation process and how this program and what we help our clients with speed up what would be a decade worth of development in a matter of months. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Clifton. It, it's really an honor to help others get a, a lens or a perspective into who you are a bit deeper. You know, I know you very well, but some of our listeners just tuning in, I feel like from our conversation together, they have a pretty good idea of who you who you were, who you are, and how incredible you are. Thank so. you. And if they want any any one of those hundred books that I read and analyzed <laughs> and have in binders, I can certainly He'll send you that. the cliff notes. <laughs> or one of the 23 different startup projects I worked on in my 20s. Happy to share that. Or, yeah. you know, most importantly, though, I feel the best thing I could do is help you, our listeners, tune into your own heart intelligence and find your own joy and help you make that possible. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.